So uh, my uh, own happy Mother's Day to you, to those moms that are watching online following this morning or through the week. Happy Mother's Day to you. And if you're not a mom, go ahead and just take that and do what you want with that. Um, uh, my name is Brad. For our guests in uh, our in our house today, welcome. So glad that you're here with us. Um, our church family knows this. You may not know this as our guests, but uh, 10 or 12 days ago, something like that, uh, four of us traveled to Romania to uh, work with a church that you're, again, as a church family, well familiar with that we have uh, come to love and appreciate. And uh, we knew of their work that they were doing with refugees coming out of Ukraine and also those that were displaced in the Ukraine. And so we visited with them and we made a day's trek into Ukraine to bring some supplies and to purchase some supplies that got delivered. And I would love the opportunity to tell you as a church family those things that we experienced, particularly the stories of some people that we met along the way. I just want to celebrate Mother's Day today, so I want to do that next week if that's okay. I hope it's okay. It's just a reason to come back again, right? Yeah. But I do want to do this this morning. The, the family that uh, we that left our church family three years ago to move to Romania, uh, don't tell the authorities, but we kidnapped them and brought them back with us. We did. Honestly, they're here this morning. They're right here. Aline and Anka and their family. Why don't you stand for just a sec? Right here. Yes. Yeah. Nathan, you can stand up too, buddy. Come on. Come on. Uh, we love your family. You hosted us while we were in Romania and uh, did such an amazing, uh, you just cared for us so wonderfully. Thank you. Welcome home. We're so glad to have you home. They're actually staying home until Jesus calls them someplace else. And I've had a conversation with Jesus about that. <laughs> and uh, so, but uh, glad you're here this morning as well. So I want to introduce somebody to you this morning. It is Mother's Day, and uh, I want to introduce you to a mother. This is Holly Melton. Yes. So Holly is a mother of three. She quickly corrected me, um, but uh, you are a mother of two children and a husband, sort of, right? Yeah, so Holly, Matt, and their children are part of our church family, and we're so glad that you are. I want to tell you a little bit about Holly. But she is a ministry in this world, and it's through an organization you might know of called Campus Crusade for Christ. It's not what it's called anymore. It's called CRU now, C-R-U, and it's a ministry to students on higher education campuses around the world. And uh, Holly's been with them sometimes serving in a variety of roles. Right now, her role is as a regional director looking after students in California. And my goodness, do they need Jesus in California, <laughs> right? And Hawaii, I guess they need Jesus there too. And Arizona. And you look after the field staff that are on those, uh, on those particular campuses. Uh, she's written a book, but here's what most important of all. She loves Jesus, and she loves to see young adults come to faith and knowledge in Jesus and then live their lives with him. So I asked her to teach on one of the subjects of lies that we believe in the series that we've been in. And uh, so, Holly, will you share with us what Jesus has given you to share with us? Sure. Thank you so Thank much. You. Well, it's wonderful to be here with you today. And I want to introduce you to a woman named Anna Jarvis. Anna 
loved her mother. She loved her mother so much that when her mother passed away in 1905, she was determined to make a holiday for mothers. She wrote letters and letters for years and years until Woodrow Wilson finally decided to make Mother's Day a national holiday. Now, as soon as it became a national holiday, the problem was that all of a sudden, Mother's Day became commercialized, and she did not realize that that was what was going to happen. And so for the rest of Anna's life, she was determined to have lawsuits against all these different commercialized businesses because she was so distraught that mothers were not being honored for their sacrifices for their children, and instead, it was becoming a commercialized type of holiday. Her entire life was ebb and flow of emotion. For the beginning of it, it was all about the love of a mother. And the end of it, until her death, she tried to actually end the holiday because she was so disgusted about what it would become. And she became so bitter. You know, on this Mother's Day, maybe some of you relate to the young Anna and you just want to honor your mothers today. Or you are excited to be honored as a mother yourself. Or some of you are like the older Anna and you don't even want to honor your mother because she wasn't really like a mother to you or you didn't have a mother. Or you think about yourself as a mother and you might feel like an incredible failure. You don't know if you're raising your children correctly or they're not following Jesus. Or maybe you are single and you so desperately want to be married and become a mother or you're married, but you have not been able yet to start a family. Or maybe you're a mother, but it's not your own children. You're a grandmother raising your grandchildren or you're a stepmother raising your stepchildren. Or maybe you are fostering children or you have adopted children. We have so many different emotions over this holiday. Maybe some of you, it is your first Mother's Day without your mother. And this holiday can create so much pain. Whether you're a mother or not a mother, what we think and feel, the emotions we have not only affect us, but it affects others around us. And what we think and what we feel does not need to control us. The lie that we're gonna talk about today is something that our culture tells us actually validates us, but it does not validate us. It actually will defeat us if we believe it. And this is the lie. What I feel is what is real. Do you hear it every day? What I feel is what is real. What you feel is valid. And because you feel a certain way, you can act out on those feelings, right? That's your freedom. That's your right. Well, let's talk about what that looks like when you play it out, right? I feel hurt. So I can gossip, lie, slander. I can down spiral in my thoughts. I feel uncomfortable. So instead of pushing through the awkwardness, I'm never gonna say I'm sorry and that that relationship's never gonna be reconciled. Or I can feel angry, so I'm allowed to react in the moment and not wait until I'm calm to be able to have a conversation. Or I feel anxious and so I control my environment. Or I'm ashamed and so I isolate and I stay to myself. Or I say I'm afraid and so I never say yes to new opportunities. 
We are told to validate other people's emotions, right? We're told they are really angry. Validate that. Validate their emotions. Well, what does validate mean, right? What does it say in the dictionary that validate is? It says to prove the accuracy of something, to demonstrate, get this, the truth of something. We're validating something that's supposed to be true. So here's the problem though. I can feel something that's actually not true, right? We can feel things and they're actually not true. Think about our relationship with God, right? We can feel unworthy, but God says we are his. We can feel unloved when God says, I love you unconditionally. We can feel like we can never be forgiven when God says, I'm here waiting to forgive you. We can feel that our life has absolutely no purpose when God says, I have created you for purpose. Your feelings do not determine what is true about you. God does. Do you hear me? Your feelings do not determine what is true about you. God does. Now, this can also be true about the people around you. You might make assumptions about your spouse. Oh, we never do that, right? Do you ever make assumptions about your spouse? <laughs> I certainly do. Okay, we might make assumptions about our spouse, our children, our coworkers, our friends, because what we feel though is not always what is real. I mean, I might feel something, but I'm making assumptions about a circumstance. And when we do that, that is dangerous and it can destroy relationships. Proverbs 28, 26 says this, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool, okay? Trusting in our emotions is foolish. Jeremiah 17, nine says, the heart is deceitful above all things. It is desperately sick. Who can understand it? We cannot trust what we are feeling. We are sinners and we deceive ourselves. But what does the world say? The world says, don't trust anyone, trust in yourself, right? That is what the world says. Don't trust anyone, trust in yourself. What does yourself say? Trust in yourself. But the Bible says that is foolishness. Do you hear me? Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. What does diligence mean? It means to carefully watch for possible dangers or difficulties. We have to watch for that for our heart, okay? If we do not take hold of our thoughts and our emotions, anxiety will overwhelm us. Anyone experience that? Okay, bitterness will creep in. Anyone experience that? And we will be consumed with ourselves. Anyone experience that? That is what happens if we don't watch our hearts with all diligence. So what do we do? We must go to the word of God to discern what to think and what to do, no matter what we feel. Feelings don't lead us. What we think and what we do determines by the word of God. We need to trust the immovable, trustworthy, eternal truth of God's word, not the ebb and flow of our emotions, okay? Psalms 19, I love how it talks about the word of God. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. It actually emotionally can change us. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. God's word is not just for your mind. It will change you from the inside out. 
God's word will impact your soul, your mind, your heart, your eyes. And it leads you to what is perfect, sure, right, and pure. Our feelings will not guide us toward that end. Our feelings will guide us toward self-destruction. And no matter what you feel, you can give those feelings to God and you will ask him, fill me with truth. Who did Jesus say he was? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If we go to Jesus, he will guide us into that truth and our focus will change and our life will change. Now, when are our emotions most high? When storms in life happen, when crisis happens, when circumstances we are not ready for happen. And when that happens, we normally act out in fear. There is fear because there is uncertainty in what the outcome is gonna be. And that is what happened to the disciples in Mark 4 when they were in an actual storm, okay, in a boat. And I want you to hear how Jesus dealt with the fear of these men in a storm of life, okay? In their fear, this is what they said to Jesus. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. Now I want you to look at how he responded to the disciples' fear. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Jesus did not validate their fear. Instead, he actually validated their lack of faith. That was the reality. Now, there really was a scary storm and they really could have died, right? But Jesus wanted them to push their fear aside in the circumstance that they did not know the outcome of. And he wanted them to trust him by faith. Now understand this, faith is not a feeling. You can have faith no matter what you're feeling. How do you get faith? By trust, by trusting in the one who is with you in the storm. And Jesus is with you no matter what you feel, no matter what your circumstances in the storm. Okay, Jesus is not here to validate our feelings, but he is here to walk with you in your storm. When we're in his word, we will have strong faith to walk through any storm because he will be with us. Now, when else are emotions high? When we have the roles and responsibilities of this life. I mean, does anyone else just feel like this life is just way too full? Do you ever feel like, hey, can someone else just please step it up and do some more things around here? Or can someone else just acknowledge I'm doing a lot around here? I mean, conflict with your spouse, anybody? Like, can you just do a little bit more, right? Do you think Jesus would validate all that you're doing and working so hard at? Well, actually he did not do that with Martha, okay? Think about Luke 10. Two sisters, Mary, Martha, Jesus is visiting them. Mary is sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to him teach. And her sister, Martha, says was distracted with much serving. And she went up to Jesus and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Okay, she's just complaining a little. Woe is me, right? And she says, tell her then to help me. I mean, adults are tattling here, right? But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. 
How many of us are anxious and troubled about many things? I mean, that is our society right now. And he says, but one thing is necessary. (gasps) What is that one thing? Don't you wanna know what if only one thing was necessary? If you only had to care about one thing every day, not your laundry list of things, what is it? He said, Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus did not empathize with Mary's busy life. Instead, he actually exhorted her to be more like Mary and focus on him. He said, slow down, sit at my feet and let me teach you. That's what Jesus wants for you, to slow down. Her focus was off of the teacher and on the tasks of the day. And when our focus is on the tasks, our anxiety is gonna go up. Our emotions are gonna go up and escalate because our priorities are out of order. Now, we had men, we had women, we had two books of the Bible. Did you notice they asked the exact same question? This is what the Holy Spirit revealed to me when I prepared this. They asked the exact same question of Jesus. And I bet you it's the same question you've asked him. What did they ask? Do you not care? When you're in a storm of life, where is Jesus? You don't feel him. You don't see him. Do you not care? You're overwhelmed. No one seems to be helping. You have no solutions in life. And you ask Jesus, do you not care? And that's when you stop reading the word. And that's when you stop being in community. And that's when you feel isolated alone. And you wonder, where is Jesus? And that's what they asked. Do you not care? He didn't validate their emotions. Does Jesus care? Yes, he does. He was willing to die the most excruciating, painful, humiliating, shameful death on the cross for them and for you and for me because he loves you so much. He didn't just die a death so that your sins would be paid for. He took on the wrath of God, the anger, the condemnation, so that we would never have to be separated from God for all of eternity. But not only that, Jesus died on that cross, took on God's wrath because he said, I want to give you a new heart so you don't have to live by your emotions. And when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, He gives you the Holy Spirit inside of you. The God of the universe comes inside of you. So He says, you don't have to live by your fear, your anxiety, your hurt, your pain, your bitterness, your anger. You give that to me. You read what the Bible says, and I'm gonna change your life. I'm gonna change you from the inside out. And you can have a new life and you can walk through the storm and you can walk through your busy life and I'm gonna be with you and you're gonna see your life change and you will see your life change. You know, one of the hardest things I've experienced that he asked us to do is forgive. He asks us to forgive anyone, anything. God says, I have forgiven you, you forgive others. When I lived in China, I was sexually assaulted on a bus. And I remember everybody turning their face away in shame. And I froze. I couldn't say anything. I couldn't, I couldn't move. And I remember getting off that bus. I remember walking into my apartment. I remember falling in the door frame, sobbing. I couldn't pray. I couldn't read my Bible. I remember crawling on my bed, putting on worship music, 
And then I heard the Lord speak to me. He said, Holly, can you pray for this man's salvation? Because if he comes to Christ, he is not gonna sexually abuse women anymore because his heart's gonna change. If he has me, he's gonna change. Can you pray for his salvation? Sometimes when someone does something like that, you kind of just want them to go to hell. But I said, Lord, I'm gonna pray and love this man and pray for his salvation. Then the Lord said, will you forgive him? Because it's just gonna be a noose around your neck if you don't. Will you forgive this man? Because he does not know the depravity that he is in. And with a heavy sigh, I said, okay, yes, Lord, I release this man to you that violated me and I'm gonna forgive him. But then the Lord asked me to do something that I don't see anywhere in the Bible. He said, would you thank me that it happened to you and not some other girl on that bus? Now, if you know anything about China, they do have a lot of Christians, but there are still a lot of people that don't know Jesus. And the Lord said to me, Holly, you have me to walk through the healing of this. But if another woman had been sexually assaulted like you were, she, they would not have me to walk through this. They would not have me to walk through the healing. And so could you thank me that it happened to you because it protected another woman from this happening? Oh Lord, that's a whole nother level. But yes, Lord, I'm gonna actually thank you that it happened to me and not some other person. There is absolutely no way I could have prayed for his salvation, forgiven him, or thanked the Lord that it happened if I did not understand that Jesus is with me in the storms of life. And I did not have that because I just know it intellectually. It's because I have a personal relationship with Jesus and I am in the word every day and he ministers to me in a real heart felt way. He is my friend. This is not about our emotions. This is about a real person that really cares, that really loves us, that really wants to walk through our life with us. And maybe you have been a churchgoer. Maybe you have called yourself a Christian or a believer in God, but maybe you have never really become a friend of Jesus to have someone to really walk through this life with. And I'm gonna give you three things to help you walk through this life with today. The first one is we need to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And some of us here, we know Jesus is in our life, but we have not given him, surrendered to him, our singleness or our marriage or our families or our our careers or our health. We need to surrender today to trust him that he is our top priority, not those other things. Let us surrender today. Second, We need to be in the word of God. We need to invite the Holy Spirit that is in us to give us wisdom of what is the truth in the word of God. And so we wanted to invite you to be a part of a 40-day journey of transforming your heart, to transform you from the inside out. And so there is a devotional on you version. How many of you have the Bible app on your phone? Can I see your hands? Okay, keep them up. If you don't have it on your phone, you can befriend one of these people and they can show you how to put it on your phone. 
Or in the foyer, there are strips on the table that can show you directions how to do that if you would like to learn how to do that afterwards, okay? You can do the QR code, and this will take you directly to the devotional Inside Out, a 40-day journey to transforming your heart. It will also take you to, if you like hard copies of devotionals, if you would like a devotional on how to study the Bible. This is 40 days of all Bible verses on the heart because our hearts are deceitfully wicked. Who can understand it? Let's learn our hearts, not live our lives on our emotions. And let's fight this together so we do not live like the culture. You can invite people in your small group to do this with you. Do this with your spouse. Do this with your teenagers. Let's study the Bible together with the Holy Spirit. And then finally, let's thank Jesus that he does care. He does not need to validate every emotion we feel, but he cares about us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have given us Jesus as our Lord and Savior. He is not just some historical figure, but he is one that died a death because he loves us and cares for us and wants us to have hope for today, not just hope for eternity. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit that you have put inside every believer so that we can live a life of of victory on this side of heaven and not have to live through our emotions. We can live victoriously when we are in your word. Help us to fall in love more with your word. And thank you that you care for us, that you are with us in every season, in every storm, in every part of our life, Lord. May we trust you. And Lord, if there is anyone here that does not know you, I pray that they would come talk to me or Pastor Brad after service. We would love to pray with them so they could come to know you. In your name we pray, amen.